everybody. Welcome back. I'm JB. I'm Dale. And this is the Commander's Vault. So we got some things for you today. We're going to be talking about some spoilers from a bunch of different sets. Uh, Dale's starting a shitstorm on Instagram uh, for, you know, divulging some hidden information uh, that no one has access to. Uh, you know, level level 10 access information that you can fucking Google. But uh, anyway... Uh, and we'll also be announcing the winner of our uh, Strixhaven Collector's Booster. With the fucking sickest giveaway we've done yet. Yeah. Uh, fucking dope. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to start... Uh, we'll just start with some calm spoilers before we get to shitstorming. Sure. Uh, after the secret lairs that have been coming out. There's a new super drop coming out. Uh, I believe it's in the summer. Um... It has the Secret Lair full text lands, uh, Secret Lair, our show is on Friday, can you make it, and Secret Lair showcase Strixhaven, and Secret Lair culture shocks. So, honestly, I don't hate some of these. Um, one, I don't hate the, the Secret Lair full text lands, that's been a meme for fucking ever, and they finally did it because they realized that there are dumbasses out there, like me, who are probably going to get um, this secret lair specifically because of how ridiculous that it is. And I've seen a ton of trade groups already talking like, "I'm gonna buy two of these, and I'm gonna have two of every land because I don't care about anything that's not an island or or a swamp or a." Forest. So if anyone wants my forests, I will trade you two swamps for two forests, straight up. So these people nice. have like figured it out where they're just gonna get, uh, you know, ten of the land that they want by swapping it out with strangers, which I think is pretty cool. I think the secret lair in and of itself is, as a concept of this, is kind of dumb. Just call it whatever you want, but let people order as many as they fucking want. Yeah, yeah. Just like, dude, if you charge five bucks a land for each one of these lands, you'd get people ordering a hundred of these fucking lands. You know, and it doesn't cost any more to print it. It's just, you know, I, I think it's kind of dumb the way they did it, but uh, whatever. The, uh, the show is on Friday. Can you make it? There's kind of nothing super exciting there. It's more of just an art style thing. It's supposed to be in the, like, local band posters kind of deal yeah. um nothing crazy it's nature's lore wrath of god gamble decree of pain and preordain um i think they just did one sorcery of each color and then that's those are the ones that they picked um kind of meh honestly i don't think i would buy that one yeah no me either and i'm a pretty big fan of like underground you know, rock and metal and stuff like that. And, I mean, some of the artworks are okay, but I definitely don't need those in yeah. any of my magic decks. Yeah. Um, the Showcase Strixhaven Secret Lair. The, finally, we get a reprint of Fire Covenant. Fire Covenant is a, a pretty spicy EDH card that uh, is one and Rakdos. So one, a black and a red. Uh, for as an additional cost to cast this spell, pay X life. Fire Covenant deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. So yeah, instant speed. So 
Yeah, it's pretty good. I've used it in some of the decks I used to play, and yeah, it's always fun until you pay a ton into it and somebody counters it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but it's still a good card. You gotta be careful. But I like some of the cards they put in here. Uh, Fire Covenant Artifact Mutation, pretty cool card. Um, hasn't been printed long time. Uh, it's basically a red and a green. An instant destroy target artifact that can't be regenerated. Create X 1 1 green saps, sapperling creature tokens, where X is that artifact's mana value. Uh, for two mana at instant speed, that shit's a naturalize with an upside. Yeah. You know. Definitely. And there's been a lot of like pretty decent higher costed artifacts over the last like couple years, so. Yeah. Uh, I think the one I'm most excited about is the Culture Shocks. Um, I'm probably going to pick up a set of this. Uh, listen, it's EDH. It's always good to have your shocks. You can sh use shocks all the time. They're fetchable. They're uh, you know, your dual source of mana that can come in untapped if you need it. Uh, and it's a 10-card secret lair, which I think is pretty dope. Um, as I, he I heard they were actually throwing in five more with it, too. Really? Like different uh, versions of five of them. I can't remember which one. I don't so remember it was seeing like, that. It was like I think it was fifteen shock lands. Fuck yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, for the the value of it, obviously, yeah. If you need those, that's going to be the cheapest way to just get all the shocks that you need. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah and, I, and some of the art is pretty sick, but I wouldn't get them for just the art. I do think having copies of every shock land is, uh, you know, just necessary for tooling decks and building different kinds of decks it is cool that they got uh every card art is like a different uh plane yeah which that's kind of yep. cool yep they uh so that's the secret layer super drop um there's been a you know a ton of spoilers and stuff since the last time we spoke uh aside from the secret layers we got a previews modern horizons 2 um Modern Horizons 2, uh, pretty fucking expensive. Yeah, ridiculously expensive. <laughs> um, which kind of ties into why Dale was starting some shit. Yeah, basically, uh, I got my hands on the wholesale price of the Modern Horizons products, and I went ahead and published that on Instagram, and... Let's just say there was a lot of local game store owners that were not pleased. They were butthurt. Yeah, they were quite mad because I, uh, I took some screenshots off a TCG player of people who had already listed those products for sale. And then after that, I posted the, the wholesale price that they were paying for those products. And just to show people, like, you know, hey... These products are being marked up at least $100, every single one of them, and the collector's boosters are being marked up like $300, yeah. so... Which is fucking insane. Yeah. Now, now we you know, we did talk about that that is, you're, you're kind of an asshole. If you're up, if you're charging 100%, 150% over what you're paying wholesale, that's a little, that's a little fucked. Uh, but, the... The where the problem comes from is Wizards of the Coast. They're going to they raise the the value of the set that costs them no more to print than it does any other standard set or anything like this. 
they're raising the price because of the, you know, the secondary market that they don't pay attention to when they're creating their their reprints and stuff. So it's like, um, you know, do you pay attention to the secondary market or don't you? Because if the only reason that a like from a supplier a booster box is a hundred and sixty dollars. That is it, right? Was it one? The drafts are one sixty. The sets are one eighty for the actual booster boxes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, it, the only reason that you would push the price that high and call it a premium product, Modern Horizons One wasn't that expensive. Yeah. No, so, it wasn't. You know, and I think Modern Horizons One was a fucking smash success. It basically shattered Modern for a while. With your fucking Urza's Astrolabe, or you know your Arkham's Astrolabe, or whatever the fuck that was, yeah. Hogak, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know you get all this bullshit that's like, oh yeah, this is uh, this is gonna break modern for a while until they get everything either banned out or the the meta adjusts. So like that's my question with this is. They jack the price up, and how many fucking hogaks are going to be in there? You know, how many cards that just blow the fucking doors off of Modern again? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> like, holy shit, I have to pick up this new deck that's now the Tier S deck. And then they do that, and then Hogak gets banned. And like, ah, fuck. Yep. You know, like, damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad, bad feels. I mean, we only got, what, nine, ten spoilers? From uh, yeah. Modern Horizons 2. Um, most of them are cards we have already seen before. There's only uh, three new ones out of those ten. Uh, five of them are the f- the enemy fetches. Which, it's a product with enemy fetches. It's going to be expensive. But Wizards doesn't pay attention to the secondary market, right? Alright. So, you know, why is it $160 a box? Well, because you may pull a fetch land. Um, <laughs> Sanctum Prelate is a reprint at Mythic. Uh, in this set, if you're unfamiliar with Sanctum Prelate, it is that was a conspiracy card, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, first conspiracy or second conspiracy, um, and it was not legal in modern. But anything that is printed in this set is legal in modern. That's the whole fucking deal. Why they call it Modern Horizons. Um, so Sanctum Prelate is one and two white for a human cleric two two. As Sanctum Prelate chooses, wait, as Sanctum Prelate enters the <laughs> battlefield, choose a number. Non-creature spells with mana value equal to the chosen number cannot be cast. So it's basically a Chalice of the Void for, uh, you know, number of spells. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a powerhouse in modern. I mean, you know what decks the, the person across the table's playing. So this sideboard, if you got white in your deck, it's in the sideboard. And, you know. Yeah, you're, you're hitting their win cons, you're hitting their removal you're hitting, you know, all these different kinds of counter cards and control and things magic. like that. Yeah. Um, Counterspell is now legal in modern. That <laughs> yep. was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Uh, Counterspell being legal in modern. If you need me to read you Counterspell, um, Google it, okay? Uh, Counterspell is one of the most historically long cards in Magic. It is a part of the original big three set, or big four sets. And uh, basically, counter target spell. For two blue. It's pretty good. Yep. I'm seeing some spicy blue-white <laughs> with the prelate and just counter spells in modern and just playing just hard control. Like, well, like, uh, 
uh, foil 7th edition counter spells are now $650. Yeah. As soon as that counter spell got spoiled that was going to be in the set, it was like, dude, people edition. People <laughs> calling me. Crazy. Or people people calling up on the, the, the Facebook groups like, this uh this game company canceled my order of four seventh edition foil counter spells that I was getting for three hundred bucks, like not a piece, just three hundred bucks, yeah. and you know now it's you know twenty four hundred dollars for for a four set. Hey yo, and if you do that, you're dirty. You're a dirty damn card seller. If someone's already pushed an order and it's already confirmed, and then you turn around and cancel it after the card spikes, I hate when places do that that's such just shady business practice honor the deal you already they already ordered it they paid for it you need to honor it you're dick if you don't <laughs> yeah so that's the that's the seven cards that we that we already have seen you know before in magic uh the three that we have not um i i like mostly all of them uh brainstone uh one drop artifact says Pay two and sacrifice Brainstone. Draw three cards, then put two cards from your hand back on top of your library in any order. So they have now made Brainstorm a artifact with a two activated mana cost. Like, if you're running like a Tashar, like, like CDH list or something like that, I think Tashar really enjoys Brainstone. It gives it a lot of good advantage. allows you to recur it. Things like that. Yep, I'm slapping it in Urza. One drop artifact spell that taps for mana, and then when I don't need to tap it for mana anymore, I sack it and draw cards. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Uh, speaking of Urza, uh, we have what was put on the storm scale as a 9 slash 10, an enchantment land. Yeah. Right? They said it would never happen. Uh, Mark Rosewater has talked about how they were trying to get enchantment lands through development and design but just failing every time like it was just no we can't do this it unbalances too hard or does this or that well here it is urza's saga an enchantment land it says phase one urza's saga gains tap and add a colorless at the second phase urza's saga gains tap two tap urza's saga create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then three, search your library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. And in Urza, this thing is just bonkers. Like, I mean, you get it comes in, taps for a mana. But then on, on the next turn, you get a construct. Then on the next turn again, in response to its trigger of sacrificing it, you pay to get another construct, sack it, then get another artifact on the battlefield. So now you've netted three artifacts onto the battlefield with this land for Urza. Yeah, going to be nuts. So, so silly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, cost mana cost zero or one. In Commander, you like CDH, you can get any of your good rocks. You can get uh, Crypt, Vault, uh, you know, any of your Moxon. Anything like that, uh, it's pretty hot. I think in most EDH decks, I mean, why wouldn't you run this? It's, like, guaranteed turn three Soul Ring. Like, and that's, like, the worst. Like, you can just turn three Soul Ring every time unless someone blows this up. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, which, like... Yeah, I mean, which is definitely the gamble, right? But 
if they're not going to waste it, then you get it. Yeah. Um, and then the last of the three new cards from the set is Diamond Lion, which is a 2-2 uh, cat artifact creature for two that says tap, discard your hand, sacrifice Diamond Lion, add three mana of any one color, activate only as an instant. So it has to be at any point. You can activate it. I, I, I don't know why the rider is on there. I thought that too. I was like, that's kind of weird they put that in there. Yeah, it's interesting. But uh, if you've heard of Lion's Eye Diamond, uh, you've heard of this effect. Uh, discard your hand, get some mana. So Breach Line decks are going to be using this. Um, especially things with like haste enablers like Alibu. Yeah. You know, where you can just keep... Casting it out of your graveyard and netting one mana every time. Shred through most of your graveyard and, and, and get a ton of mana to cast huge spells. Yeah, like uh, Riel, I think, is, goes in Riel pretty good. As long as your Riel list has haste enablers in it, this just is just another LED for your deck. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely uh, awesome. I think it's an awesome way around the reserve list that they went with this one, and I'm real glad they printed that i don't own an led it's out of my price range now so like i mean hell this i'm definitely gonna pick this up yeah yeah seems like a a good you know i don't know how budget it's gonna be when it releases <laughs> yeah that's true but uh it's probably gonna be better than lion's eye diamond for sure but um i, I really hope so yeah i feel that <laughs> Um, yeah, so those were the spoilers that we've been given thus far for Modern Horizons 2, and those three cards, the last three we talked about, were the three that have not been seen. Those are the newest, um, newest cards into the, into Modern Pool. But, uh, I gotta, I gotta move on to my personal favorite and set that I will probably spend way too much money on. Dungeons & Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Dungeons & Dragons, it is a another wizard property that is a role-playing game based uh, that was bought from TSR, and it was created by Gary Gygax back in the mid-'70s and has, you know, millions of players all over the world, and it's a fantastic time if you've never played Dungeons & Dragons uh, and you're listening to this podcast, you already play Magic, right? You don't get much fucking nerdier than that. Just play Dungeons & Dragons at least once. I guarantee you, find a good DM, you will have a good time. Yeah, I, I love it. I've only, I've literally only played one campaign. Oh, actually, no, I did a one-shot once. But, yeah, D&D is awesome. It's super fun. I mean, like, if you're already into Magic the Gathering and that type of, you know, wizardry type shit, then obviously you're going to be into D&D. Yeah, I'm an extremely invested D&D player. I've been playing for quite some time. Um, and so the cards that we've gotten from there, we've gotten ten cards from there as well. Uh, I have some gripes, but I, I like where they're going. So one thing that we did get that isn't on Mythic Spoiler or any of the, the spoiler quote-unquote sites is the frame of the Beholder. So if you're unfamiliar with the Beholder in D&D, it is a... A giant eyeball monster that has a huge central eye and eight eye stalks. 
and the whole deal is that it's really hard to fight because each one of the eyes does something different and the big one makes it so they can't cast spells. Um, now they've spoiled that that is going to be a card and the, it's going to have a cool frame based on the rule book from D&D. So like, if that's only available in collector's boosters, uh, I'm taking out a loan now. I'm going to get ready and, you know... Hold on to my butt as I spend like a thousand dollars on collector's boxes of this product because fuck me. Which that'll get you like two. Yeah. You know what? I'll take it. Better get a second mortgage out. Yeah. Um, but I I have a I have a pretty decent expertise in in D and D just from just from my years of playing, and some of the things that I really like. So five of the cards that have been spoiled are the basic lands and uh, five arts for the five different lands. And the interesting thing is, um, if you're unfamiliar with what I'm about to say, uh, I'll explain it in just a moment. Um, Each land has an adventure hook on it, which means uh, something that would make you want to start an adventure, or play D&D, or as if you already have a character in D&D, make them want to investigate or explore, or you know, do the shit you're supposed to do in D&D. Um, each land has a different one. All of them really hearkening back to some some cool uh, D&D adventures. Um, in particular, if you're unfamiliar, the island has uh, the flavor text: "Alarmed by the news you brought." The storm giant king of the Maelstrom has called his kin to council. Um, there is a module in D&D, so like a, a book uh, that you run an adventure out of, called Storm King's Thunder. And it's all about cloud giants and you dealing with the politics and uh, the, the gripes of these cloud giants. But each land has something like that. Um... So I really like that, and I hope that there's different ones. I hope that, you know, they have the four of each land, like the four arts, and each land has a different adventure hook on it. That'd be sick yeah, as fuck. That would be sweet. I would run, I could run a whole <laughs> campaign just on the, you know, the fucking 20 different basic lands, all their adventure hooks. Just kind of, like, <laughs> weave them into a story somehow. That'd be cool as shit. Um, one of them, and this is one of my gripes... Because being such an invested D&D player, I was a little pissed off. Uh, It's a black card. It is a one and a black. Instant destroy target non-angel, non-demon, non-devil, and non-dragon creature. It's called Power Word Kill. Now, if you're not familiar with Power Word Kill, Power Word Kill is a ninth level spell. So in uh, in Dungeons & Dragons, you cast magic. And your magic is of different levels, from cantrips, which you can cast an unlimited amount of times, to level 9 magic, which is the highest level you can cast. Power Word Kill is a level 9 spell, and this is an uncommon card. Yeah, and in, in my opinion, it's not good. It's not good enough. I would never run this in any EDH deck. I was kind of salty. It kind of sucks. Yeah, because the, the spell Power Word Kill does not discriminate. What the spell power word kill does, if you have under 100 hit points, so if your character has under 100 hit points, you die. That's it. No save, you're fucking dead. You you are now not of this world. 
And this is an uncommon card that can't even kill most of the things you want to kill in, in EDH. <laughs> non-angels, non-demons, non-devils, and non-dragons. You want to you power word kill that Ur-Dragon? Nope, can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I just... Oh, man, it's horrible... Just a failure on the flavor standpoint, I feel like. It's kill like, that Gisela, kill that Aurelia. Nope, can't do it. It's like, yeah, cool. You can kill some humans, some elves, and some merfolk. So uh, you're pretty much screwed on killing anything big. Like, we just <laughs> talked about it. Like, Walk the Plank is better in a deck that would run a card like this. Yeah. Destroy target non merfolks. Do you know how many do you know how many things are non merfolks? <laughs> Fucking everything, mostly. Yeah, everything that isn't a merfolk. Yeah, so putting a level nine spell on an uncommon card and you can't even kill all the cool shit that you want to in 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 magic, I was I was pissed. The art's sick. Yeah, the art is cool. The art is dope as fuck. Uh it's a uh it's a lich and this is a very classic spell from a lich they they pretty much know this all the time uh it's basically him hollering at a dude and the dude is dead and uh pretty sick um one of the other big boys we got was tiamat which in dungeons and dragons is the evil god of dragons so there's two gods of dragons in D, &D the good and the evil bahamut is the good dragon tiamat is the evil dragon uh, Tiamat is a 7-drop, uh, 2 in Wooburg, so one of every color, for a dragon god, 7-7 seven, seven flyer, that when Tiamat enters the battlefield, comma, if you cast it, comma, search your library for up to 5 dragon cards not named Tiamat that each have different names, reveal them, and put them in your hand. Then shuffle. It's a Timmy card. Yeah, like Totally. The fact that it, it can't just enter the battlefield and do that sucks. It's a god. It's the evil god of dragons. If I want to throw it in my graveyard and resurrect the evil god of dragons, I should get to do that. Yeah, I agree. Seems really just Ass. limiting with that extra line of text. Yeah, it's just lame. I'm like, I guess it's cool. It's a dragon god. It's Wooburg. It goes in all those like new like god tribal Wooburg decks that I've been seeing around. As long as they're running like five dragons. I mean, maybe not even five. You might only have two other good dragons in your deck that this thing you cast it and you get to search for. But and you would think it would have. It's got five heads. The yeah. whole point of the evil god Tiamat is that it has five heads. One for each chromatic dragon that it rules over uh, color. So there's uh, red, blue, white, green, and black. And it just doesn't have any other cool abilities. It a, chroma, a chroma <laughs> has like nine fucking... It's a kitchen sink. Yeah. And you can't tell me this thing doesn't have vigilance? Yeah, this thing, what? Should, this thing should have flying, vigilance, trample, death touch. Yeah, even if you pick an ability for each head, that's five abilities. Yeah, exactly. And each head's a different color, so it's like you'd pick an ability that goes with that color. Like, yeah, I was so pissed. <laughs> and uh, like, there's an adventure in D and D. Uh, it's a two-parter. It's called Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. And the whole point is you play from like level one to level twenty, and you fight the dragon god. And fighting the dragon god requires, like, a ton of people and good coordination. <laughs> and you're trying to, like, stop it from resurrecting. Because if it resurrects, it ends the world. 
And uh, Tiamat, this doesn't seem like a world ender. Seems kind of really underwhelming. Like, <sighs> like I'm trying to think of like you know, if say you were running it as your commander and you cast it, like what are gonna be those? You're going and getting these dragons in your hand because that's gonna like help you win the game. Like, and I can't really think of much. I mean, Dragon Tribal is pretty much just big flyers that I, punch people. I would forgive it if it put them on the battlefield. Yeah. It's the god of dragons. You're telling me it can't summon dragons? That's what it does normally. It can, like, call any dragons within, you know, X amount of miles. It can, like, just be like, yo, get over here. And then they, they will come fight for Tiamat because it's their god. If it put them in, yeah, if it put them on the battlefield, way cooler. Yeah, then it would be legit. <laughs> and even if it costs, like, four in Wooburg, even if it was nine mana, if you get to cast this thing and then slap five dragons onto the battlefield, that's cool as hell. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I would build a casual Tiamat deck that's just like, I don't even care if you blow it up. Right. I'm gonna I am gonna summon all this shit. Right. But yeah, so like seven seven flyer that does that shit only when you cast it, kinda lame for the five headed dragon god. But that I'll I'll quit bitching about it. Yeah, and, well, and the fact that it has to resolve too. It has to enter the battlefield and you had to cast it. So it's not just a cast trigger where it's like, oh you countered it, oh well. Nope, it has to resolve and hit the yeah. battlefield. Like, oh, yeah, dang it. Yeah, the <laughs> it, like my fucking second gripe, Vorpal Sword. Right? Third, third gripe. Third gripe. <laughs> I'm gonna lose count. A uh, third gripe, Vorpal Sword. So in Dungeons and Dragons, a Vorpal Sword is infused with energy that can split reality itself. If you uh, roll a crit. So if you roll a d20 dice, which you get in most magic products nowadays, uh, if you roll a d20 and you get a 20, whatever it is you're fighting, if it has a head that you can see, it's gone. It cuts the head off. And that's like cool as shit. Auto decapitation. Yeah. If they are immune to such an effect, you lop a limb off. Like, if you roll a 20, they're losing something. And this this... Artifact, uh, Vorpal Sword, which is one black, pisses me off because black, uh, I think, limits where you can use it. A Vorpal Sword in D&D, not a cursed item, not a, you don't have to sell your soul, you don't become evil for using it, or whatever, it's, I just don't think it's a black aligned artifact. But it's one black, and then equipped creature has plus two, plus zero, oh, and has death touch. And it's equipped for two black. Now the big boy, uh, the equivalent to rolling a crit in D&D, is pay five colorless and three black. Until end of turn, Vorpal Sword gains. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Anything that says loses the game for, you know, a player is usually pretty powerful. Um, I do not agree that paying 8 mana is the same as rolling a crit. I think they should have just fucking incorporated dice into this set. <laughs> yeah. Like, roll it. If, you, if they crit, you know, yeah. then then they die. Roll, There's a 5% chance. Roll a spin down or a d20. That's how it works. Yeah, 5% <laughs> chance. But, uh, yeah, I really don't agree with all the black mana especially five black to activate the effect and two black to equip 
So that says if you're in a 2-3 color deck and you cast Vorpal Sword for one black, if you don't have the other black, you can't even strap it up to anything. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to think of ways to just auto-equip, you know, like with oh, how Boros has all the auto-equip effects and stuff like that, but even if you are able to auto-equip it, you still have to pay that big amount of mana that's black-intensive in order to get the effect. But I feel like... If they wouldn't have made you have to pay a bunch of mana for it, that it could be too broken. Oh, I would say that's fine. Just make it colorless. Don't even make it eight mana. Make it ten. You know? Yeah, ten colorless. Make it fucking twenty. <laughs> Whatever. You know? Just make it colorless so that any deck can use it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought it was super big flavor miss um, for, for the Vorpal Sword. The art's pretty sweet, though. Oh, dope. The art's dope. Yeah, it's a dude standing there with a sword uh, at his at his uh, waist. He's holding it in one hand, and then he's got the lopped-off head of it. looks like a, a Gorgon or a, a Medusa. Medusa head. Yeah. In yeah. D&D, Gorgons are big metal bulls. Okay. They're like constructs. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. They breathe, uh, they breathe like, petrifying breath. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. They suck to fight. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Vorpal Sword, big flavor miss. Fuck that. Um, the only the only thing I'm holding out hope for, and that will probably be the biggest disappointment, is uh, if you're unfamiliar with Drist Doerden, uh, a legendary character from the D&D franchise, uh, books by R.A. Salvatore. Drist Doerden is on the packs. Of this set. They released the pack art. He's on there. You are not going to print a Drist that will make me happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be underwhelmed as fuck, no matter what you do. <laughs> it's the same thing. We had the conversation about trying to print things in the the universe beyond, or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Universes beyond where, you know, you're going to make people happy. Try printing Superman or Batman into Magic the Gathering and see how many people just bitch. Yeah. You know, what do you mean Superman is in a 2020 fucking every keyword indestructible <laughs> shuffle back into your deck, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Can't be countered. Yeah. For, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you start getting in the realm of, you know, just like legendary superheroes and just... You know, well-known properties yeah, that yeah. aren't Magic the Gathering. You're never gonna like. I want to see uh, in the Adventures of Drizzdorden. You meet other characters, Brunor, Battlehammer, and uh, I want to see Brunor, and I want to see Wolfgar, uh, which is the the barbarian of the that group. I want to see them as cards, but I know no matter how low my expectations are, I will still be disappointed. I will be happy that they have cards. I'm going to pick up a, f a regular version, a foil version, a fucking non-foil full art version, a foil, you know, collector's version of all those cards because I'm so, I'm, I would say I'm more into D&D than I am Magic, you know, and I fucking love Magic. Yeah. But smashing these two properties together, I'm like, finally, it's been t t 20 plus years and, you know, D&D's been out since the 70s. I, I really, I've been waiting for this, and, you know, I, I think the, you know, it's like Half-Life 3. 
it's like you know the the hype is now never going to be m- met yeah uh but i am just gonna i will support this product because i fucking love D. uh now let, let's talk about the cards we liked there's, yeah. o- there's only two well i liked uh this card it's a two drop halfling citizen that's a one one it's called prosperous innkeeper and it says, when Prosperous Innkeeper enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. And then it also has, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. I like it. It's a nice little flavor. You know, it's a welcoming innkeeper, all happy, trying to usher you into the door. And, you know, you're gaining life as the creatures are coming into the inn. Like, it's got cool flavor. I, yeah. I like it. And I mean, like, one of the one of the biggest things in D&D is staying the night at the inn or... Going to the inn slash tavern to get your next mission where you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to be fucking doing. And, you know, it's just... This also introduces halfling as a creature type. Yeah. What about Kithkin? Where do they go? They're like, <laughs> they're like budget halflings. They're like great value halflings. I don't, I don't know if that, if that makes any sense to anybody outside of the United States. But, uh, yeah, just knock off half... Or knock off Kithkin... I hope they just keep halfling because halfling is a pretty iconic. You know, even if they, even if nobody knows anything about Dungeons and Dragons, you've heard of Lord of the Rings. I don't give a, <laughs> I don't give a shit who you are. Yeah, you've heard of Lord of the Rings, regardless of if you played Magic: The Gathering or played Dungeons and Dragons. You've probably watched one of the Lord of the Rings. You know what a halfling is. Uh, and then portable hole which is a technically a magic item in Dungeons & Dragons, the game. Uh, it is a one-drop white artifact. It says, When Portable Hole enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent. An opponent controls with mana value two or less until Portable Hole leaves the battlefield. You talk about a fucking white vandal blast for a soul ring? Yeah. I'm going to use that all the time. <laughs> yep, I love Someone it. Someone going ahead of me, they're just like, <laughs> I play my soul ring on turn one. I'm like, Portable Hole, bitch. <laughs> like... Yeah, Get especially out. when it's like they play the soul ring and don't have a, a play, <laughs> and then you're next, and you're like, okay, portable, hold that soul ring. <laughs> they didn't. They're like to waiting to cast the four <laughs> drop in their hand because they only kept the one lander and soul ring. <laughs> Listen, we've all been there. We've all kept the greed keep of one land soul ring. You're just like, oh, if the soul ring makes it around, then I can Kodama's reach and then get this and then play my commander and whatever. And someone just smelts your soul ring, probably yeah. Dale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you're just like, I'm fucked. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it, it's great because I do love running those one-drop, you know, destroy artifact effects. And now that White has one, which I like playing White, so, yeah. Yeah, it's I dig it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and this can hit a lot of uh, really good targets uh, for one mana. So, one mana portable hole can hit people's moxes, mana crypts, soul rings. Scroll rack. Yep. Things that you people try and drop turn one two to get a really hefty advantage you can just say it's in the hole now yep and uh like oh that that sensei's top you had well it's gone yep <laughs> well that maybe never, no that could never happen well that's why you smelt it oh in, in oh wait no you can't you got you got a no. you got a portable hole see it, and that then instant speed. Uh, sensei's dividing top was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. all right yeah True. All right, how about Isochron Scepter? <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a great target. You know, Isochron Scepter on literally anything. And it's just like, put that in the hole. And then it comes back and you imprint something else or don't. And it's just a piece of shit. Like, whatever. Portable hole. Great one drop. I think it's fantastic. I think it's just an uncommon, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just an uncommon. It's going to be great. I think White really, really needed some some early, early, like, interaction. And this is a... a like a banishing light or something on one mana, yeah. So great. I'm I'm they, so glad they made it one mana, not two. One mana and it's white. It's not like like you gotta be playing white to to run this card. Yeah, I really like it. it yeah, it's good. Um, and then the last card that's been spoiled is a promo for I th- I believe I've seen if you spend more than a hundred dollars. Which is basically, if you buy any product at all, you're spending over $100. So, you're going to get an old bordered foil promo of Fabled Passage. Which is pretty dope. Fabled Passage is an awesome yeah. fetch land that just goes into any deck. You know? It's a great, great card. Um, and they went with the star foiling, which is so sick. Back when I was, you know, when I started playing back in like... You know, onslaught and stuff. Those foils are gorgeous. Now, if they're using the same process as the onslaught foils and shit, they will last forever. Like onslaught foils, don't curl. They don't do this. They are very, very hard to get cloudy, and that's only if you're not taking care of it. But uh, they're probably not gonna do that. So these are probably gonna pringle their ass off. Like yeah. people getting their shipments of lotus blooms with their star foiling, just like this. And, you know, somebody cracks their their promo pack open, leaves them on the counter, and then comes back to, you know, they're an inch raised off the counter in the center. <laughs> Which sucks. I hope that they have fixed that because the Strixhaven foils, like we talked about last episode, the Strixhaven foils have done fantastically thus far. I mean, I still have the test stacks sitting on my kitchen table, and they have not moved. So... Big ups. Yeah, they definitely... Thank you for fixing this shit. It shouldn't have taken this long. Fuck you for that. But also, thank you, like, for for getting that fixed. Because, man, I would... I cannot tell you how pissed off I was to spend as much money as I did on Commander Legends and barely be able to sleeve playable those fucking things. Well, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily know if they need any praise yet. Because what I think I've noticed... and this isn't for sure, just anecdotal stuff I've noticed, is that cards that are printed during the winter months tend to just curl absolutely horribly. And then stuff that starts coming out in the spring and summertime, I've noticed, doesn't have as much curling issues. And I don't know if it's, like, everybody says that, you know, curling's based off of humidity in, in the air. And I don't know if, like, wherever the cards are being manufactured and printed at... In certain months, it's more humid or less humid or what's going on, but I don't know. I, I want to keep an eye on that going into this whole summer and yeah. into into next year's winter sets. I want to see and notice if that's yeah, actually that's, what's that's going actually on. some really something really cool to pay attention to. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that wraps up our spoiler roundup for this uh, for this episode. Um, one thing we want to make sure we do. You want to go ahead and announce that winner for that Strixhaven Collector's Box. So the uh, winner of the Collector's Booster Box is Talarian Obliterator. 
So sick name. Yeah, awesome name. Uh, and yeah, congratulations and uh, for winning the coolest giveaway we've ever done. Yeah, just you know, I already uh, DM'd you. So as soon as you get that, send the shipping info and we'll get it out to you. So yeah, dope. Definitely. And uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned because uh, we're gonna be trying to get out content. You know, every two weeks like on schedule regularly and i'm sure there's gonna be more cool giveaways in the future oh always neil's a a beast for providing us with the stuff that he does for giveaways never you know that dude that dude always makes sure that he he puts players first yeah and I, i wanted to mention again i did get a couple people who emailed to enter so in all of our giveaways you don't have to have Instagram or social media or anything. If you listen to the podcast and you don't use social media, you can just email the commanders vault at gmail.com and you can get entered in that way. I just wanted to remind people that you have that option. So. Definitely. Yeah. We don't want to make so that, you know, only people with an Instagram can, can win this stuff. Yeah. And I think you said that this, this contest had like our most entries something like that for a while yeah it's it definitely a lot of people entered in this one so uh that was good to see you know uh been hoping more people would enter especially i mean we've been giving away some spicy stuff and it looks like people are starting to take notice and you know get in there listening to the episodes and getting entered i mean you know even if you don't even if you don't like our content man if you can sit through 45 minute episode and possibly win you know a collector's booster box or something yeah, yeah. might as well. Not, yeah, not a, not a bad deal. <laughs> you know, to win a free collector's booster, it's like two hundred and fifty dollar value. Yeah, fucking nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we'll definitely be uh, be recording another episode whenever a, a big chunk of spoilers come out again. We'll be evaluating them for uh, you know commander purposes and uh, probably bitching about it. You know, because. We're good at that. We're very good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Again, thank you all for listening and uh, congratulations to Larry and Obliterator. Fucking sick name. <laughs> I, I just like saying it. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's, it's cool. Good. Name. Uh, congratulations once again for winning our giveaway. Uh, I think that's going to be all for this episode. I'm JB. I'm Dale. And have a good evening.